0: Hi, and welcome to Happier Music Teacher. Are you a music teacher who has no time, no voice, and you kind of need to pee? I'm Beth Duhon. I'm a Christian, wife, mother, musician, and former stressed hot mess music teacher. I've been there. Join me every week as we work on easy micro actions so that you can be a happier music teacher.
1: Welcome back to the podcast listeners, I'm so excited to have you back today with another amazing episode of the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. I'm joined today by Beth Duhan, and she is going to be talking about self-care for the music educator, and we were even talking a little bit before I started recording about how self-care can get a bad rap, and we will definitely dive into that in this episode. So please don't tune me out when I mention self-care, because I promise you we are going to talk about it in a way that is relevant to you, and you will be able to walk away with some actionable steps. So before we do all that, Beth, just take a little bit um, of time to introduce yourself to everyone listening today.
0: Hey, Jessica. Thank you for having me. I'm Beth Duhan. First thing about myself, first, I'm a Christian, followed by a wife, mother, musician, and teacher in that order. And I think the order matters. Um, that's a big part of my identity. Um, so music teacher is great. It's a big part of my identity, but it's not solely who I am. So when we talk about self-care, I think that helps reframe everything. I just think it needs a rebrand. Maybe we just need a new name for self-care. <laughs> yeah. Care for yourself. I don't know, but we got to do better.
1: Right. So tell us a little bit about you as a music teacher. How did you, how did you become a music teacher? What, what what are you teaching now? Like, are you, have you always been just elementary or what is your story a little bit?
0: Oh, I've got a long winding path. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, I graduated the music ed degree and then um, I next day got engaged to my husband. And so the next year I freelanced and I use that term very loosely. Uh, we played at Bush Gardens Williamsburg. We did a tour. I did some temp work and I was just, I guess, resisting the teacher label and going into teaching and I felt like I'm a performer, but I'm a teacher, and then we went forward, and we, um, I taught in Williamsburg, K through five for a year, which was lovely, good first year marriage, good first year teaching, and then we moved to northern Virginia when my husband went to grad school at University of Maryland, and I got a job at a private school um, in the D.C. area, which was really a big culture shock all the way around. Uh, We were up there around 9-11, on 9/11, so that was a big deal in our marriage. That whole year was there was a lot going on. It was a dumpster fire. That was when the sniper was in the DC area. Oh, that gosh. was when um, Mercy. There was a hurricane that went over University of Maryland while my husband was at a rehearsal. It was a lot. And like I said, early in our marriage, I thought it'd be fun to maybe be a part-time children's minister on top of that. Why not? <laughs> yeah, Let's just pile on. If, if more is good, even more is better. And uh, by that point, um, I mean, the day he graduated from grad school, we were ready to just hit the road. So we came back um, actually to the Louisiana area to uh, be closer to his family. There wasn't a lot going on musically for us there, although being close to family was great. So the next best thing for us was a Houston area where we found a list on TMEA for private lesson teaching, which was a godsend. It was amazing. Uh, I lived happily there for 13 years, loved it. Loved everything about it, frankly, but it was time for a change. And it was time for me. Um, my son was going to kindergarten. There was no feasible way that I could be doing three to eight or nine at night and see him ever or or just make it work. So it was time. So I then I started teaching K-5 elementary music um, in Rich, uh, pardon probably Rosenberg, Texas.
1: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, your story does take a lot of twists and turns.
0: Yeah. Very winding.
1: I, yeah, And I feel like a lot of music educators have that story where your path does take a lot of twists and turns where you just kind of, I know for me, graduated with a music education degree thinking, I'm just going to always be an elementary music teacher or a band director. My story took a lot of turns too, like piano accompanist, private lesson teacher. Now I'm a business owner. It's just like, okay, you, you know, you don't realize all the different doors that will open for you. And so it's neat just to hear other people's stories about how, what your stories look like when it comes to teaching music. So that's awesome. So when it comes to self-care, we're going to just dive right in. Yeah, let's go for it. Yeah. So let's just start off by talking about what does self-care mean to you? Um, Let's just start with that. What does it mean to you? What When you hear the catchphrase self-care, I know it kind of gets a bad rap sometimes, but what does it mean to you? So
0: here was a big eye-opener for me. On another podcast, I heard Michelle Rose say, there's a difference between self-care and Mm self-soothing. And that was just a lightning bolt moment. I think a lot of what we label as self-care is actually self-soothing. So self-soothing is that you're going to put it on Instagram. It's you with your fuzzy slippers on by the fire with your wine and you have a cute hashtag and look at me, I'm caring for myself and it's this big event. Um, But self-care is really the daily mundane, boring stuff that doesn't get much press that will make you feel better every single day.
1: Mm -hmm. So true. Okay. So I have a story about that. So I'm in grad school right now. It's all online. And tonight I had kind of like set aside some time tonight to start working on some assignments that are due Sunday. And I looked at my husband while we we were eating dinner and I said, no, I'm going to take tonight off and just be okay with like doing it tomorrow. It'll get turned in on time, but I've gotten better. And this is probably part of it too, but about listening to myself and like, what do I need? Have I hit my mental wall for the day or can I keep going? Or do I need to step more into a mom role, you know? And um, so, yeah, I've gotten better about instead of pushing through and then just getting it done to get it done. Like I'm not mentally and have the mental headspace to do that tonight. So I'm just not going to and not feel bad about it, you know? And so, I mean, is that part of it? Just like listening to what your body and mind needs and kind of going with that a little bit. You know,
0: I think the generations before us had some common sense that's not so common now they would just, they would not push themselves into a teary mess Mm -hmm. just for the sake of it. Um, They did not have social media to compare themselves with. There was not this just unrealistic standard of I'm going to produce at home. I'm going to produce at work. I'm going to be an amazing musician. I am going to just excel in every single area at one time and nothing's going to crack or fade ever. They weren't like that. When work stopped, they stopped, you know, and, um, as a different time, different place, but I yeah. think there's a lot of wisdom there we can get back to.
1: Yeah, I laughed a little bit when you were talking about the fuzzy slippers by the fire, because it never fails. When I have posted one of those pictures, it seems like right after that picture's posted, <laughs> the next hour or two of my life is not that picture like craziness going on in the background. And I'm like, this is not reality. Like, so it makes you, you know, this is the truth. And it's not, not, there's nothing wrong with posting pictures like that. Like, hello, I've done that too. I'm guilty. But it it goes back to the not comparing yourself and not just saying, oh my gosh, look how relaxed they are. Because probably like if you could see the way their living room looks or what just happened in their life or what's going to happen the rest of the day, not that you want anything bad to happen, but that picture is a moment in time. Yes. So, you and know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a
0: highlight reel, right? I'm mm-hmm. not going to put my bad hair day on Facebook. Yeah, It's, it's carefully curated, you know, and mm-hmm. like, um, during quarantine, we had a mom who was just and sweet as a pin. I liked her a lot. She was just too perfect for me. I had to not follow her for a while because her kids were, you know, dressed, looking nice in their outfits and they were gardening mm-hmm. during homeschool and everybody looked happy. And I was like, I am not feeling that great about that today. I don't need to see you. And like I said, nothing, no ill will towards her or anything, Mm -hmm. but just sometimes, you know, that's our curated self. It's not always our real self.
1: Yeah, that's so true. Oh my gosh. That's so true. So what are ways music educators can really take care of themselves when they're so pressed for time? Yes.
0: Okay. The big idea there, I think is that we tell ourselves the lie that self-care is an all-day event that it is expensive, and we don't have time for it, and that's for somebody else. And really, self-care is just the little nuts and bolts part of your day. One of the things I talk about is self-care on your commute. Well, I have to commute anyway. Let's let's double dip and do that. If I'm in that car, I can just mindlessly turn on the radio and show up to school, not realize I was there, or I can pray on the way. Mm -hmm. I can breathe on the way. On the way home, that is... I take off the mask. I pop up a Luna Croix, I have a bag of nuts or a Luna bar. I listen to a podcast. Sometimes yours, Jessica. Sometimes you ride home with me. You just don't know it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I drive from Rosenberg all the way to Katy every day. Um, that's a chill out time for me, but it mm-hmm. doesn't happen by accident. So it's really finding those times in your day where you can say, How can I make this better, even a little bit better?
1: Yeah, that's good. Find, like you said, finding the time you're already stuck in the car instead of just sitting there. I mean, sometimes you want to just sit there with no noise. Let's be honest. But yeah, yeah. let's talk about that. Yeah, um, yeah. go for it. Which, okay. Um, In the morning, I do not
0: turn on anything. Nothing. I'm a weirdo. I ride there in complete silence. Like I said, that's when I breathe. That's when I pray. I feel like as music teachers, our ears, there's a sensation. It literally feels full. Yeah. Or I don't want any more sounds. I have a 10-year-old son, my house is not quiet, I'm a music teacher, my school is not quiet.
1: To just have that silence is lovely. Yeah. I'm the same way. Sometimes when I'm in the car and you know, I want to catch up on a podcast, and there's sometimes where I'm just if I'm by myself without my husband or children, and I love to just sit in silence sometimes and then It's funny because then you kind of like get in your own head and you're realizing, wait, I have to drive and I kind of forgot what I was doing for a minute. Um, But no, I think it's hard sometimes to just sit in silence because that's when your thoughts kind of catch up with you. But same thing, prayer, it's huge for me too. And I think just like making it a priority of fitting that in your day at some point, like I'm going to just get quiet at some point and just tune it out. But especially I can see before school, before you're about to step into a ton of noise, let's be honest, like just quieting your mind for a minute to be able to just focus. And I bet, I mean, is this what the case for you when you walk into school after sitting and quiet for a little bit, you feel just a little bit more refreshed and ready to go and just like, okay, I was able to take a deep breath before I walked into the building today.
0: It does. And it just feels like it steals you for all the chaos. I was joking with the custodian the other morning because- So I have this wonderful, peaceful drive to work. And actually it's, I mean, there are animals grazing. There's not traffic. I mean, it's a longer commute, but it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then I get to school and I'm in cafeteria duty. And I said, if you put a blood pressure cuff on me, it would just be spinning around like crazy. So it's, I feel like it's smart to just get centered before and take that time, especially the time that you can control. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's so much of your day you can't control. So when you have those pockets that you can, I think it's just a smart use of
1: your time and energy. It's perfect. Love that. So the music teacher burnout, teacher burnout in general, especially this year has been magnified. You're feeling it, I'm sure. And what steps, if a teacher's feeling the burnout and they have tried, they feel like everything to help them move past it. You know, they've gotten advice, they've talked to friends, they've done everything people are telling them to do. Are there steps or strategies you give to teachers to help them move past these feelings that they're feeling that are real? Uh, First off, um,
0: I appreciate your knowledge that it's real. Uh, It is a very real thing. So I looked it up, I decided I'd look up burnout Mm -hmm. and it talked about overwhelm and exhaustion. So what should you do when you're exhausted, rest? And what should you do when you're overwhelmed? Just what you need to survive. So literally, I think what happens for a lot of us is we think we can't drop any ball. But I'd say you really literally think the next day, what is the, what do I need to do so that my kids have a good lesson? So I'm meeting my professional responsibilities, but it is a good enough lesson because I am feeling really crispy. And then what is the minimum viable product I can do for dinner? Will a rotisserie chicken and a bag salad get my family fed for the night? with a minimum of fuss and effort. And then I put myself to bed early like a toddler. (laughs) And I don't think about work. I don't do work. And I just rest. And if you're at the point of burnout, let's let's be honest. This is not going to be like, oh, I have one good night and it's going to do it. It is going to take sustained effort over time. But Mm -hmm. I think for so many of us, we have, especially as teachers, what we really have to do is not nearly as big as what we think we ought to do, or what we should do, or the nice to do's. Yeah. Your bulletin board can go another week. It is fine. It's not going anywhere. I do not have the gift of bulletin boards. I actually had a real sweet art teacher friend. Um, she was retired and she volunteered last year just to come in and put up my bulletin boards. I was like, oh, bless you, my child. Yes. <laughs>
1: I love it. You're like, please you take that. <laughs>
0: I can't staple straight I can't it stresses me out I I cry no thank you thank you for helping me I am not (laughs) artsy
1: either at all zero art
0: I think a lot of us are not (laughs) um but there are all sorts of things like that that if you really look at with a critical eye or if you're looking at with someone else you'd say I don't know if that's necessary I don't know if my, pro, especially in a pandemic, my goodness, mm-hmm. you know, does my program really need to be that extra? And maybe I'm stressing other people out around me with those expectations and I don't know it, yeah. you know, because I'm expecting, you know, the whole works when really what is more appropriate is something that's a little bit scaled down. And I don't think that's in any way shortchanging the students. I think right now, a lot of people would find that as a relief. Yeah. Um, the other thing is ask for some dang help. Mm-hmm. And that's and hard for me. And, and I feel like every time I do it, it's, I, you know, I do it kind of awkwardly. Um, ask for help. There are people in your life that want to help you. They yeah. don't want to see you struggle. And like I said, some people just get drafted. If it's my son. You get drafted. You're you're gonna you're gonna help me clean up the kitchen. You're gonna help me XYZ. If it's my husband, I'm gonna ask. And luckily I married well. He's very obliging about that. And you know, when he needs me to step up, I do that too. We're a team.
1: So good. I mean, that's so good. And it's so true. And I feel like from talking to so many different musicians and music educators, yeah. I feel like the burnout does come because like you've you've already mentioned, because I am this way the perfectionism you're trying to be perfect in every area of your life and it's okay for it to not be it's okay it's just okay to let some of that go that pressure that you know i used to view others as putting that pressure on me but nobody was it's just me putting it on myself of this like you said the dinner has to be perfect i have to have all the laundry done every single day of the week no it's not i can't it's just i'm trying my best here but it's not gonna happen
0: three boys yeah
1: and with, you know, lesson planning, like you said, like there are so many new technologies and things popping up on the scene all the time, which they're great, do not get me wrong. It's amazing, but is it? it's okay if your lesson plans aren't perfect. Because I can tell you right now, the most perfect lesson plans I planned did not go well. The ones I was just kind of like threw them together or like, let's try this and see how it goes. They went amazing. And I went, why, why did I stress myself out so much, you know? So yeah, I love what you're saying.
0: I think you, I think a present centered teacher is way more of a gift to a te- to a student than the perfect plan. Because if you stayed up late to craft this perfect plan and by golly, we are going to do this plan. We're going to make it happen. They sense that and they sense that stress and they sense that, that they have to be perfect too, because you're trying to be perfect mm-hmm. and it just has a ripple effect. And so I'm, like I said, I'm a perfectionist from way back. I mean, I remember you know, report card comments about how I accept criticism. I'm like, wow, that's, that's pretty far back. Um, in fact, part of my story is when we first, um, so we were, lived locally, we were teaching and we had a local move over here. And that's when I started teaching um, during school. My son had a lot of changes and I just didn't even take it into account. He um, started kindergarten. I started work full time. We had done a local move. You know, he was going to the aftercare there instead of our in-home sitter, just a lot on a little guy. And then I hurt my foot and was on workers comp for several months and everything that I was trying to be so perfect, completely went sideways. Yeah. And, with, and I, people have been through tougher things, um, but without a doubt, that was the toughest part of my life so far. Yeah. And his behavior for a number of reasons, um, just cratered. And I just, I was in shock. I didn't, and I didn't ask for help. You know, I didn't communicate with other people about it. And that was a big turning point for us because I thought, you know what? We are going to pull way back. He is, you know, at that, that time he was going into first grade. We do not need to be in any activities right now until we all heal. When I come home from school, uh, it is important for me because I've been on my foot all day. I mean, what music teacher can sit down and be affected? You know, um, I had been on my foot all day. It was time for me to rest Our family had been through a lot. It just, it was a season of just, let's just find our level again. Let's just get back to normal. And then when we did get into things in second grade, we just dipped our toe in the water ever so slightly because we didn't want to disrupt the balance, Mm -hmm. but it was, you know, frankly, it was a blessing, but I just didn't know at the time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was thinking back to just earlier this year, this is 2021 my family all kind of dropped like flies with COVID and Mm -hmm. I, because I am the main one around here to do all the things, let's just be honest, the mom too assumes that role. My husband, too, is very helpful, though. He really is. And before he got sick, he got sick four days after me. He was doing it all. And um, we had good friends and family that brought us meals and all that. But I was, I you know, I was trying to quarantine to the room. But I also had two kids that were sick with me in here. So it was like resting was special. But I, anyways, I, all that to say, I had to let go. It is times like that where don't get me wrong, I would rather that had not have made its way into our house. But at the same time, when I was forced to slow down and not keep the perfect time that, you know, keep up with all the things around here, and I actually had to move every single thing on my schedule around, like, it was first time in about, I don't know, two years, I didn't have a podcast episode come out. And I had to say, I have to be okay with that. Because I had one scheduled, but I didn't even have the energy just to promote it to like, post it to Facebook. I just was like, I'm doing nothing. Good that was really hard for me because my personality is not that way. I remember going on maternity leave when I was pregnant when I was in the classroom and my um feeling guilt about that, which is so stupid because you know, you're allowed a maternity leave, but like, oh my gosh, I'm leaving my students. Oh my gosh, what are they going to think? And is the sub going to do good? Did I leave enough plants? He didn't follow anything I left, by the way. Did you I, know, you know, that's such a I thing. I had to let cont- it go. I just had yes. to let it go. Cause what else? I'm sorry can you to talk do? over you. Oh, no, no, no. You're fine. It's such a thing
0: about control. Um, That was another, yeah, speaking of your maternity leave with subplants. So, you know, the next day after I was hurt and didn't come back to work, there was someone there. Mm the whole time I was out and I felt the same way. I'm emailing my supervisor, like, is there anything you I can do? Do y'all want me to do light duty? I'm so sorry, I felt guilty about something that was absolutely not my fault. Like crushingly guilty. Yeah, yeah. and it was my first year at the school, so they didn't know me well. And I, you know, I had some prior prejudices. I thought like, mm-hmm. they're gonna think I'm faking it. They're gonna think that I'm someone lazy and trying to milk the system when it was anything but that. And it was horrible. You know, I, I didn't want that happening, but we're replaceable. And like I said, in a way we are so valuable and we are the right music teacher for our kids. And yes, all the things we are placed there for them. But another way, if I don't show up tomorrow for whatever reason, there's going to be somebody else there and they probably won't teach my plans and they won't do it like me. They may not even be a music person, but I'm replaceable.
1: It breaks my heart because I have had a conversation recently with a music educator who said, I still go to work when I'm sick. I still go to work if I need a mental health day. I still, even if they're teaching virtually, they just, because they are afraid, A, they won't be able to get a sub and then they feel guilty if the principal has to pull someone else from the school in to cover the classes. And I I told her, I said, but that's not your problem. You are allowed the sick day or the mental health day without worrying about what happens. That's, not in your control. I even read a story recently about a girl who was a music teacher who was in the hospital with COVID, still worrying about her sub plans. Mm -mm. And I was like, stop it. Like, it's just, and I don't know if anybody had told her, you know, like, we need you to blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, I feel like you just see that happening so often where there's this pressure. Maybe it's not coming from anyone else, but music teachers are putting on you know, ourselves about getting it done because you're so worried, like you said, about being replaceable or, oh, they're going to view me as less than, or always can like kind of trying to prove that what you do matters. So yes. I feel like that is part of it. I feel like it's always kind of been there, like this underlying thing that's not talked about a lot where it is this proving, you're proving yourself thing, or I have to show it up to work even if I'm sick type of situation because you're so worried about what you'll look like, or there might be repercussions. And then, Probably nine times out of ten, there's not. Yeah,
0: (laughs) you know. Well, and frankly, um, I'm gonna call this out myself. Mm -hmm. It's pride. Um, yes, I want to do an excellent program, and I do some good ones. (laughs) But I am not the only person on the planet who can do it, and the world will not stop turning if I'm not there that next day. Like I said, and here's the thing with musicians no one's milking the system. Like I said, we're going in there sick. We're working from the hospital bed. We're doing ridiculous things because we, we can, and we're part of our students' lives. And the cool thing is we get to be with them for years. I mean, that's such a cool relationship. I've been at my school long enough that um, I've been here with the kindergarten through fourth graders. So next year I will have an entire set of kids. I've been their only music teacher. I think that's awesome. Oh yeah, I like that type of relationship building. Um, but it's going to be okay. Take the day. I think of it like a car needing maintenance. You can take it in for your regularly scheduled oil changes and keep the tires inflated and keep it clean and do all the things little by little, or you can wait till a major event happens. Either way, the time's going to happen. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's good. Oh, it's so true. And it's hard for me too, because I get asked by new music teachers a lot and I'm sure you've had the same conversation and one of them recently kind of had a one-on-one mentorship call with her and she was asking me about should planning for you know my lesson plan should it be taking this long she was telling me she was spending maybe two to four hours of her weekends every week lesson planning and i was kind of like oh my goodness <laughs> like but But I told her, I said, but what are you, she goes, well, after we finally got down to it, she's like, I am adding extra stuff. I am creating extra Google Slides because I want my students to have that. And I said, there's nothing wrong with that. And I told her, you know, during your first year, you are doing extra because you can always have that. You're learning as you go as well. But any any advice for those new music teachers who are, especially this year, my gosh, who are just trying to stay afloat as they're learning how to be a new teacher, but also like planning is taking them longer than ever maybe they're planning for virtual teaching or whatever it might be yes any other advice for them that I mean it's a lot of it is the same but it is going to be a little different for brand new teachers
0: um yeah absolutely I think that the more you can have a plug and play type of situation for your lesson I think that's better and what I mean by that is that it's into segments that you just put it's What's the best way to think about it? You know, like when you have a template for a Lego set and you're just plugging, and any Lego that is this size and shape will work. So you might have your classical listening block and then you plug something into that. You have your movement block, which you plug your folk dance into. You have your music literacy block, which you plug it into. You're not reinventing the wheel. You're not even reinventing the order every week. You're just selecting the activities and moving forward that way. And reviewing and reinforcing. Mm-hmm. I think that's way better than looking at a blank screen and saying, oh, what am I going to teach? I also think that week by week is a trap. And boy, it's easy to fall into, especially when you're overwhelmed. But it's better to get your school pacing guide and look out over the quarter. I also, I'm a big advocate and I've been looking at this. I looked at my um, school plans to the end of the year. It's hard to believe we're almost coming up on the last nine weeks, but we really are here soon by the time we have spring break and everything. How much importance review is that you're not doing something bad. It's actually good. We see them once a week for me personally, I see them once a week for 50 minutes. That's if nobody's sick, there's no assembly or testing or, you know, any of the things that happen in a school Am I saying that they're going to remember something from September that we did once in 50 minutes, especially with all the students that have been in and out for virtual and face-to-face and and the changes there. It's a gift to review because right now we have some kids who definitely would not have had it before. And for the other ones, it's something familiar. So, and like I said, it's not just doing the same thing over and over. I, I think it's going deeper with less material since I think we kill our, and because the kids don't know it that well, so they don't sing it that well. So they don't play their instruments with that much confidence. You're really kind of digging yourself a hole. If you have fewer things that you do better, I yeah. think that's really a winning proposition.
1: That's good. I love that. And I also, I was one, I'm going to pick your brain about this because yeah. when you were talking about simplicity, um, less is more, I've always been that way, even with combining grade levels where you're they're not doing the exact same thing. They maybe do the same song or activity, but maybe it's second and third grade and third grade will do a little bit more with it, you know? But it's okay, in my opinion, to not have something different for every single grade level all day long because, first of all, that's going to overwhelm you. But yes. I love that you also talked about different categories or sections to just plug it in. And then it's easier that way. Have like a roadmap of what you're following. Like if I have a 45 minute class period, this is the same. It may differ a little bit from time to time, but this is the same structure I'm following every single time. So I know what fits where. And it's easy to plug it in and go. Um, I got so tickled. Yeah. Um.
0: Last week, my computer speakers weren't working. And so I, my class was delayed. And luckily, it was it was my Monday morning class, but they're lovely, just this lovely group of girls. And one of them got started doing my rules for me. <laughs> because she knows my rules so well. And then the other one was the assistant principal and, and all of this. And one of them came up to me today after school and she uh, said, I, you know, assistant principal, I really need a raise. And she brought me this cute little handmade thing she had made for me with little handmade dollars. And here's your raise, Ms. Duhan. Thanks for being on time and all that. Aww. I think that routine is actually soothing. Mm-hmm. You don't want them to, to fall asleep with it, but I think it's soothing. And as far as mixed grade levels, I think there's some value there. I really do. There is not a folk dance that's labeled a second grade folk dance or a third grade folk dance. Everybody's going to be okay. Yeah. And even even if we do um, the word spiraling, excuse me, if we're spiraling around with our planning, I think that's good. It is okay to hear a song again. And if you just train them that you use it in different ways, I think that's kind of fantastic. Yeah. Um, so like I said, am I yeah. doing my second grade material with fifth graders? No. Right. Um, but if... I'm not going to set out something completely different for every grade level. So what I did recently when I was doing um, instrument families, everyone got the same video and then the discussion was different. It was like a two minute video. It was totally appropriate for everybody. And then we just divided it different ways. So I think like I said, you don't have to, if you're trying to have everybody on different standards at different times for all six plans with different materials and someone is doing boom whackers this week and someone is folk dancing and someone else is doing two parts. I just think it's too much. I think if you keep the, even if I just keep the basic standards the same, Mm -hmm. which in Texas, as you go through the teaks, there's a very clear thread as you go through. uh, I just try to pull from that.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So we're all doing treble clef note reading in different ways. You know, Maybe kindergarten is finding the line in the space. And fifth grade is, you know, playing staff wars at a rapid level and it, it all works. It all fits.
1: Yes. And that goes, ties in perfectly with self-care because self-care, I feel like also is viewed as what am I doing outside of school during my non-work hours? How am I relaxing? How am I taking care of myself? But you already you mentioned that it's not just like a set aside time. I'm going to take care of myself during the hours of 7 and 9 PM or whatever, but it's fitting it into your life and your life is also being a music teacher so self-care at school looks like how can i simplify what i'm doing here still being an effective teacher 100 nobody's you know we're not telling you to not plan good lessons right. and to implement good lessons but how can you simplify the planning process how can you when you are teaching the lessons have you been stressed out with like filling every single millisecond of that class period or are you leaving open space to have some breathing room and some conversations with your kids and time to wrap up the lesson and get them lined up, you know, like during your plan time, are you really like making a list of what you need to get done? You know, so it's like getting, like it's a protective time is what I'm trying to say. Yes. Um, during your lunchtime, what are ways you can take care of yourself? I know for me, I loved eating in my car. Sometimes people probably thought I was the weirdest person ever and I didn't care. <laughs> sometimes it was like, I need a break from all of you. No offense. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, and, and to be honest, um, you know, I would love it if teachers' lounges were always the most positive place on planet mm-hmm. Earth. Sometimes they are, and it fills me up, and, and sometimes it's not. Or in the afternoon, um, I have the lower, I have kindergarten and first in the afternoon. I have to really have my mind right before I go in there with kindergarten and first in the afternoon. So, generally for me, if I've had a day where I am you know, take a discipline referral slip and I'm trying to make one more copy and I'm hustle bustling and I barely go to the bathroom before they come in. I'm just not settled. Mm. I am way better, even if I'm not as quote productive, if I sit time and I actually eat food and I actually breathe, maybe even stretch a little bit, nothing crazy and just get and everything set up and so I can open the door and be relaxed and greet them with a smile. And when I say, I'm glad you're here, I actually mean it. Yeah.
1: That's good. And is it, it's also probably being clear with, you know, you talked about asking for help. And I feel like the way you can do that at school is maybe it's not even like with a question. It's just letting, like, if a student's like, hey, can I keep coming lunch with you today? No, I, I just need, I not need today. some time today. Yeah. Um, during planning time, a teacher's like, "Hey, do you want to come and have a meeting about?" But, nope. I need. I really need my time today. It's yes. being clear with without. There's such a fear too. I feel, and you've probably seen this as well with the word "no" or yes. "not right now" or "let's revisit that" or whatever it might look like. But being okay with part of putting yourself first, I feel, is knowing what you need, and if that is saying no, or I I have to take a break in the middle of the day. There's no if, answer, buts about it. And be okay with that without worrying about what others are thinking. Yes. Well,
0: I am not a classroom teacher basher because I think they have very unique demands and pressures. So I I don't think that serves anybody to do that. Mm -hmm. And we also have unique needs and pressures. And one of ours is that we really have to be on the whole time. You're, You're never sitting in the back grade in a spelling test while they silently read. That's just not a thing for us. And that's fine. I love my job. But you just have to be aware of that, that it has, it takes a lot of energy. I mean, like I said, just the sheer amount of movement that we do, the sheer amount of steps that we get, it's so physical. But also just the emotional energy to be on and the energy with your voice to sing so much. And like I said, right now with the extra step of sanitizing and being on virtual, I find Zoom very fatiguing. I don't know about Mm -hmm. y'all. Um, it's it's a special kind of tiring. I just feel like I have to really be on. So I think it's smart to realize that when you're, don't wait until your tank is on empty. If you've done that, you're recovering. It's too late, really. It's way better to be proactive. And I think if you put those into the rhythms of your life, your family doesn't question it. You know, I was thinking tonight, um, my son was a little stressed after school. I was a little stressed after work. I needed to put in my exercise, but I knew my regular exercise DVD was not going to cut it today. It was nice out. We walked outside for about 20 minutes. Old me would have grabbed a fatty snack and parked in front of the TV and called that taking care of myself when I was really just kind of numbing out and not making myself feel better long term. So it's much better choice for me to do that. It's not like, oh, that's just a good, that's just a good girl thing to do. No, it actually made me feel better in the moment and later.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. I want to ask you about the map or my action plan that you have talked about. So talk about that. What is that my action plan and how can teachers implement this into their life? So um,
0: I was really honored. I got chosen to be a presenter for TMEA this year. So pumped about that. And if anyone is in Texas, it's actually available online until June 30th. It's called self-care for the music teacher, not just a buzzword. There is a Q&A, and then there is also a um, the clinic, which is a pre-recorded video. Um, so I made the handout, and I decided that, you know, educators love acronyms, right? So MAP, my action plan, it was looking at different areas of your life and kind of grading your self-care and thinking about little tweaks that you could do. Now, not like the New Year's Day where I'm going to wake up and I'm going to, fix everything about myself overnight and I'm going to be a no there's no perfect here it's just looking at little ways you can improve so we looked at how you eat during the day I'm a big fan of having a classroom pantry I have my, you know, my own little 7-Eleven in my classroom where there's V8s <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and my own part of the fridge where there's hummus and guacamole and there's zone bars and my waters and prepackaged nuts. So I feel like even worst case scenario, if things all go sideways, I will not starve and I'm not hitting up the vending machine. Um, along that same line, you know, taking fruit and dairy is a nice, easy snack and can be your meal if you need it to. I'm probably a heavy eater, but I get hungry when I'm teaching all day. I am not one of these people who can have a cup of coffee and live on air all day and then go home and be okay. I would not be okay. You know, I have blood sugar issues. It, I like to stay fueled and hopefully I'm staying fueled with some things that are good, but I just went step-by-step through different, so we mentioned the commute, we mentioned the eating plan, um, loving movement that you get to move, you don't have to move and looking at uh, You don't have to be a CrossFit chick. Good for them, you know, that's not going to be me. Um, But I don't have to be a slug. And exercise isn't punishment for me being a certain size. To be honest, um, I picked up exercise during the quarantine. It has not helped my weight any, but my mental health, it has been great. And even especially after a stressful day at school to just know, okay, this is 30 minutes that I am taking for me. And I just, I feel the stress just melt off my shoulders. Hmm. Um, Other things that we're looking at is vocal care. That's such a big thing for teachers, but especially for us. I remember as an early teacher, it would be Friday and I just be in tears because my voice hurt. It was tired. You know, I was trained as an instrumentalist. I, um, I'm sure I don't sing properly, but now I try to make up for it as much as I can. You know, I've developed some nonverbal signals. I've developed, um, just to have, like I said, even that solitude in the morning, I'm not singing along with the radio. I'm not talking on my phone. I'm giving my voice a rest. Sleep is wonderful for your voice. Um, you know, your relationship with caffeine, which I have a real conflicted relationship. I'm always stopping and starting and, and tweaking everything. I am, like I said, I am not caffeine free. I'm not even sure that's the goal. For some people, it might be. Um, but I know for me, if I'm in front of the AC all the time and I'm chugging the caffeine, I'm gonna have more vocal problems. I'm gonna be dried out. So it's just being mindful of that Mm -hmm. and going through the different areas of your life. I'm sure there's something I'm forgetting, but that's the biggies that are appearing to me right now.
1: When you talk about this action plan, what I love about it the most is that it's very proactive and it is making a plan for how you are going to have self-care throughout your life, throughout your day, not just when you feel worn out and at the end of your rope. And it sounds so simple, but it, I can see it working because if you don't make a plan for all the things you just mentioned, then you're probably not going to do it. I'm talking about myself here, okay? Yeah. So, like, you're just going to be like, I should exercise, but, well, make a plan for it. What are you going to yes. do, you know, um, taking care of your voice? Well, I should take care of my voice more. I should drink more water, but make a plan for, okay, I'm going to trap my water intake today. And it's probably those little habits that start adding up where you start feeling a little bit more like, gosh, I feel better. Why am I feeling better? Why do I feel like I'm not as overwhelmed or feeling as burnout? Well, because you're starting to implement these little things throughout your day and throughout your life that is really making a big difference without you even thinking about it, probably. Um, Little is such a good word. I think
0: we think it has to be epic or we have to change everything at one time or we have to tell somebody about it. It can literally be one small change. I'm going to use a microphone because it's hard for the kids to hear me behind my mask. I'm going to go to bed a certain hour because I know myself, I'm a total grouch. If I don't, um, for me, a habit that's been interesting and old me would never have guessed it. I'm enjoying getting up before my family. Now the weekends, no, I'm the last one up, whatever, (laughs) but during the week, Now, ideally maybe I'd have more normal sleep schedule like that. But during the week, um, I get up well before I have to, that's my Bible time. That's to my drink, my coffee with nobody talking time. Might throw a little social media in there, might do some laundry, might do a form for my kid's school, you know, who knows, but I'm not feeling like I'm rushing out the door Mm -hmm. frantic and not having, not feeling ready for the day.
1: Yeah. So good. Oh my gosh. There have been so many nuggets you have shared today that I am definitely going to re-listen myself to because it was so good. And I listened to mine. I was (laughs) like, oh, yeah, I should do some of that. That sounds good. (laughs) No, it's, yeah, it's re-listening to things. It's so important. And I know that makes it, I'm going to re-listen to myself talk. But no, just re-listening. I encourage everyone to re-listen to this. You know, listen to it two or three times because you're going to get something different out of it each time. And definitely like Beth has talked about today, making a plan for implementing self-care in your life where there is nothing wrong with bubble baths and pedicures and massages. Those are great, but those are just like bonus things, you know, like, like treat yourself occasions, you know, but how are you really taking care of yourself on a daily basis? Not just looking forward to something like that, but how are you really taking care of yourself? So Beth, you've shared so much amazing advice. And do you have any other advice to share about anything we talked about today that you would like music teachers listening to take away with?
0: Something that's been reassuring to me is that I am the right music teacher for my students and to keep my eyes on my own paper. I would leave district meetings. We have some rock stars, you know, I'm I love my district cohort. Some of them have literally been teaching for 25 years. You know, there was a girl who said she was a newbie because she was teaching 18 years straight in elementary music, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, There's another one who is an Orph goddess. My son's music teacher, if I started compare myself to her, I'd start feeling sad. You know, she's amazing. We are so blessed. So it's really in my best interest not to compare myself to them. And now with social media, like, I sound like I'm so anti, Um, I'm not, there's lots of things I enjoy about it. In fact, I'll tell you about one of my new things in a minute, but I had those people in my living room with their amazing things, which was never a deal way back in the day. I didn't know how good their program was or what lesson they were planning or how they were doing music in our schools months so big. You know, or, or like I said, bulletin boards, that's a real hot button for me if you haven't noticed. Yeah. <laughs> really yeah. beautiful bulletin boards. So it's just really, I had to talk to myself like I am the right music teacher for my students. And there are a thousand ways to be a good one. There is not one cookie cutter. Our situations are also unique, even within my district. I mean, our my campus and my son's campus could not be more different. So it's, it's ever-changing. There's so many different things about it. Like I said, don't shortchange yourself. You're you're there for a reason.
1: And I always say that you are the music teacher to your students for a reason. And you can't. It's like comparing apples to oranges. You cannot compare yourself to the music teacher down the street because they have a different set of students. And you're 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 you. You're uniquely you. So use your unique personality and skill set. It's so important. And no, Beth, when you've been talking, uh, I graduated in two thousand and four. There was, I think Facebook had just come out, Yeah, gosh, like, I don't even remember, but, like, when I was in college. Yeah, yeah. And, but like you said, there was no one sharing about anything. I would meet teachers at, like, our district. Uh, we did, like, an ORF share thing. We had different PD opportunities, and that's when we would get together and kind of talk about sort of, we would kind of sort of talk about what we were doing in our classrooms, but we were all mainly there to learn and to get professional development. So I still would kind of walk away like, oh, they said they did this one song, but I didn't know everything else. Yes. And you're right. I think social media now, it can be good or bad, you know, and it's about the perspective you have from it, but I can see how teachers can get overwhelmed getting on there and just seeing these, oh my gosh, like I made a poster and this teacher has made 37,000 of them (laughs) Well, whatever. I know that's not a realistic number, but you know, that's a real number. 37,000. You know, (laughs) it's so true. Or, oh, I thought my classroom looked perfectly decorated and amazing. And then you see this other teacher and, but that's them. And they've probably always been super artsy and really enjoy creating. And if you do not enjoy that, I, you know, you've heard both of us sit here today and say, we do not enjoy that. And that's okay because it doesn't matter. There's not going to be students that come in your classroom and say, mm, where's all those colorful posters? You didn't, <laughs> you didn't go and get them and hang them up and laminate. They don't care about it at the end of the day. At the end of the day, they care about you and care about learning music. And yes. what are we doing in here today? And yeah, so yeah. just be yourself. I love that you said that because teachers need to hear that. I feel like more than they're hearing it for sure.
0: Absolutely. Well, and to be honest, even the best administrator in the world, is not going to come in and say, "Do less, draw a limit here." They're probably not, and that there's, and it's not because they're ill-willed. That's just not the nature of their job. And your spouse is probably even the best spouse in the world, which I think I have, is not necessarily going to tell you. Call tonight. That you're grown. You're going to have to draw some of those limits yourself. And you're going to last a lot longer. We're not in music education just for a semester of student teaching. It's a sprint, you know, and for a lot of us, even though it's twisty and turny, it's our lifelong career, so it needs to be sustainable. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I, I think it's better for us and it's better for our students that way.
1: Yeah, I love that you said that they're not, there's no going to, not going to be anyone in your life saying, take a break, slow down. You know, you need to practice self care. You know, I'll just get the comments every once in a while from my husband. What's wrong? Cause he knows if I get quiet, I just have a lot going on in my mind. Yeah. So it's like, and I'm, that's what I told him, like, tonight, I just need to take a break. And I just, I've gotten better about recognizing that in myself where I used to yeah. just, push, 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 push. It'd be 10 o'clock at night. Oh, still got to do all the things. Can't shut my mind off. And it just, whoa, okay. Workaholic Jessica needs to chill out a minute. So,
0: (laughs) yeah. Well, I think it's such a natural thing for us. You know, we go through these degree programs where we are trying to be excellent on an instrument. So we're trying to attain the highest standard we can on that push, Mm -hmm. push, push. And then we're, it's almost a double degree, even though they don't call it that. So then we're trying to be, you know, the excellent teacher and do all those things. And then when you get to a school situation, you're trying to pile more on on top of it. And it's it's just too much. So like I said, you just need to know for yourself. Um, And my max might look different than someone else's and teaching might be their hobby. I am not gonna compare myself to a 20 something cute little thing that is single with no kids who lives five minutes from her school. And has a fabulous PTA that gives her a big budget. That is not me. And that's not me whining. I hope not. That's not how I feel. Right. It's just um, part of the action plan is when you just take an honest assessment of where you are personally mm-hmm. and professionally, it just helps you see it. Even if you just looked and thought, okay, if this was someone else in this their shoes, how would I address them? Would I tell them, push, 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 more, 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 or wow, you're doing great. Step back and appreciate what you've done. And maybe you can be more efficient here. Don't gossip during your plan time, work during your plan time, you know, and yeah, that Snickers sounds awfully delicious, but yeah, maybe go up, grab a piece of fruit, you know, something like that. Just show yourself a lot of kindness and grace. And it's not just a praise. Mm-hmm.
1: I appreciate this conversation so much. I feel like it has been needed. It, it's going to continue being needed yes. and teachers as they search for the answers to self-care and feeling burnt out. I think a lot of, well, everything you've said today has been very applicable Well, where they can apply it to their life even tomorrow. So I appreciate it so much. So let everybody know where they can connect with you online. If they would like to reach out and have further conversations. That would be fantastic. You can find me on
0: Facebook, Beth Duhon. I just started a new Facebook group. I'm really excited. It's self-care for the music educator. We'd love to have you.
1: Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I
0: appreciate it so much. Thank you for having me. and I really do hope it was timely for you and your listeners. Thanks, Jessica. Want more self-care for the music educator? Check out my book, Happier Music Teacher, 50 Days to Being a Happier Music Teacher at Home and at School, available in f flat Books.
1: Thank you for listening to the Happier Music Teacher. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe
0: and tell a friend.